If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This week on episode 261 of the Weekly Exchange, we talk about a new Forex game announcement, Thea 2, Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes. Wait, what year is this? Warhammer 40k Gladius, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars, and much more. So stay tuned. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Nate. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We had to postpone Halloween by a day because we had crazy thunderstorms that came through my area, but it was fun. We all went out and had some fun, and even though it was a day late, it was still fun. And we were going to have the same thing, but then the storm tracked north, and then overnight it crossed over us and then it was east of us so we lost power for like half a day and there was no school but we still had halloween and people were confused but the kids had fun and that's all that matters (laughs) that is all that matters yeah it was weird to do it on a day that like so the day before when the storms came Mm -hmm. through it was like 78 degrees so it's really warm right yes and then the storms came through the cold front came through and it dropped down to like 42. So it was like winter weather and it was it was pretty fun. I mean, we were all bundled up. It was fun though. Yeah, our weather was also extreme, but it wasn't we were colder than you guys. We were we we were like 72 or 73 and then we were in the 30s, but Yeah, that's crazy. It's such a drop. Anyways, let's talk about some games. Let's do that. Why don't you start with uh this uh game that was just announced? Right, so the developer of Aggressor's Ancient Rome has announced their newest game, Imperium Greek Wars, which I imagine is mm-hmm. probably in the same vein, right? It's a historical 4X. Yes. And I wonder yeah, if they're... I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's bef- either before Rome or at the rise of, of the Roman Empire when they switched over from the Etruscans, essentially. Yeah, so, that's, that's the thought I had, too, when they start talking about Greek Wars and stuff, so... Yeah, it's a game that I imagine will probably use the same engine, hopefully a little bit updated, because the mm-hmm. you know, the graphics were a little rough in the first one. I have a full, complete review being posted here in the next couple of days. He's written an incredibly thorough review. By the time you hear this, you should be able to check it out on the website. Excellent. And then I won't feel bad for not having written one forever and having a review in various stages. It's just, I don't know. I had like some crazy writer's block and... I was so busy with work and life and everything that it's just the thought of sitting down and starting to write reviews was uh, <laughs> paralyzing. I get it. She's just thinking about it almost got paralyzed. <laughs> I was about to say, your, your mind just went blank there. But I mean, I get it. Oh, it didn't go blank. I, I wasn't even sure how to speak anymore. I forgot how to speak English <laughs> momentarily. Well, I mean, getting stressed you, out. You've been doing this basically as a volunteer for five years now. So even over five yeah. years, I, I imagine. I mean, I... I work in burst myself, so I I know that here in a couple months I'll be like, all right, 
let's let's get some money on here and but no yeah it's good to have the person the guy i don't want to say his name because he's actually asked to be rather anonymous which yeah is of course a bit strange but that's fine totally Why? cool um but he he's done a really good job so i'm really excited so he said he's also interested in writing for us in the future so we'll have him and his voice on the site from here on out i mean think about it in a slightly different note people you know Online, I'm Nate Nasrog, but actually my name is Bob Smith. You know, so <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Or Jeff Michaels, or something. You know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get so it. So. It's... Oh, and speaking of authors, real quick, we'll talk about it real quick. You remember Davy, mm. our old Scottish? Yes, man? I do. So yes, I, we are going to have him back on the website. He's going to start writing again for us. So we're really excited to hear that. Hopefully, we can get him on the website or on the uh, podcast because I love his. Yeah, voice. he was fun. Those those were awesome. They were. I love his accent. And then you two can have a competition about who has the better Scottish accent, the Scotsman or you. I seriously doubt I'll beat him. But yeah, it would be great to have him back on the show. We'll have to have him come on and, and, you know, tell us about what's been going on in his life. But yeah, he'll be writing for us again, which I'm really excited about. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, let's move on to the next news items. So, uh, as I had mentioned last week, Thea 2 was going to have a timed event that was linked to halloween and it is ongoing right now by the time you hear it it'll still be i think just under a week left and once the event expires all the content will disappear but i know a couple of people are working on mods to make it still partially or totally available if you want to check it out it's fun there's some cool stuff it's another quest line it's again it's interesting stuff in there and it's free and in the meantime they've been adding all kinds of UI um, stuff that people have been asking for. And in particular, the jobs that the, that your war band members, because the way I play, I tend to not make villages. I tend to just roam the map. And like on the new, I love the new Pangea map. And my war band, you know, you know who's doing what. You don't have to open up a bunch of screens to find out. So less clicks, more information. I, li- I like it. And this past week... There is now a Chinese localization available, and this is based on basically people that were doing it on their own time, and or one person in particular, and uh, it's a mod. So if you want to play the game in Chinese, you can just you know follow them, follow the Steam Workshop, and it's a mod there, and it's really really cool, and it just shows you that there is there is a market for. 4x games in china that are not about chinese lore or typical western lore so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the game now because it is a unique setting and the same way that we don't have a lot of exposure to anything that isn't the romance of the three kingdoms type of stuff out of china in china or most of the world there isn't much exposure to western culture that isn't you know, Judeo-Christian in nature or, or origin or something like that. So there's, you know, like Slavic lore, or like everybody thinks Norwegian, you know, or the North, you know, the Vikings and stuff. But this is different. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of feedback people have. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy anytime Thea 2 gets a mention, anytime Thea 2 gets um, something interesting from the community, I'm happy because I really like the game and I want them, I want Muha to do well and you know keep selling and to do that you got to get your name out there you know yeah and the chinese market's huge yes it is so that's yes it is very good 
Awesome. I look forward to seeing their sales quadruple. <laughs> Hopefully. Quadruple is more. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it affects them. So we'll, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. So this mm-hmm. is a game that you probably wouldn't expect me to talk about, but Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes receives an update <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like 42 years after it was first put out. And No, it hasn't been that long. It's been uh, it's, 32 years or 31 years. I oh, think. okay. My bad. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> so in the change log are some really good things, actually. So Brad, Brad Wardell went back and I guess was like, you know what? Let's just mess around with, with Legendary Heroes code. And he managed to optimize the engine a bit to make it a little bit faster. He updated the UI, made them a little bit more greedy, so they're getting goody huts and stuff more often. They also, or he also, reduced the cost of technologies for the early game. So I guess mm-hmm. what he's trying to do really is just to make the game faster because he's mm-hmm. also increased movement speed, default movement speed, combat speed, and the default HP for sovereigns. So, and then he's he's tackled mm-hmm. some late game instability bugs so mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's pretty awesome to see that I, it's one of my favorite games one of my favorite fantasy forex games i'd love to see them revisit that game but it's pretty cool to see them continue to work on it there's nothing quite like it out there so if you like that game and you haven't played it in a while and you want to play it go for it check uh, it out absolutely 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 and it's always on sale you can always find it on sale so you can pick it up for pennies on the dollar essentially Right, yeah. And, so, and it's like I said, it's one of my favorites. It's it's a game that I don't think really has any equal in the way it's done because it's just very unique. And I, I think it's a great game. So check it out. The one thing that for me was in the original Elemental War of Magic that isn't in Fallen Enchantress is the Dynasty system. Yeah, that was awesome. I really did I like l- that. That was, that was awesome. So think like Crusader Kings 2. Or, or or not even Stellaris. I don't think Stellaris even comes close to it. But like, take no. something like Crusader Kings 2 or Crusader Kings 3 now that they're working on. And imagine putting, like, that proper type of dynasty in a 4X. And initially, like, the biggest problem with any 4X of this type, like hero-based 4X, is you recruiting heroes, right? So at some point, you have to either be it in space, like... Uh, you know, endless space, and you're going to the academy to get heroes or endless legend, or you are uh, in um, Planetfall. You know, you have your faction heroes and things like that, or even Stellaris. But again, Stellaris is not really heroes; it's you know, scientists, generals, things. But in um, Fallen Enchantress, once you once your sovereign recruits a hero of the opposite sex, basically they start having kids. Yeah, and once that happens, oh my God! Then it quickly goes into uh, you know uh, Game of Thrones territory where you're creating alliances through marriage, and maybe your kid comes back and conquers you, or maybe you have an influence in your kid in another empire. That was such an awesome mechanic, but they never got it to just work right, and people were not very happy with it. So it went the way of the dodo, and I'm kind of sad. But to cheer myself up. Uh, let me talk about Driftlands, uh, the Magic Revival. This past week, they had um, an update, 1.2.8. And one of the biggest gripes I have with any game, especially 4X games or you know RTS or anything like that, is that as the game progresses, the game slows down. The more stuff is happening, it slows down and slows down. Well, they just sped up the game 50%. There you go. So that's, you know... 
33% of the improvement is through AI changes and updates, from what I can tell, but the game overall gets sped up 50%. Now they're starting to do gamepad support for it. So this is a game, when I'm playing on the computer, I'm never really playing with a gamepad, but I mean, I have console for that. Some people do, maybe big screen mode, maybe they're casting from their computer to a big screen. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm going to be trying that out also. But anyways, um, and then a bunch of bug fixes. It wasn't a big update, but it was a nice update. Again, anytime your game is sped up without suffering to the performance of the game itself, that's already a good thing. So um, let me see, what else do we have? Oh, yes. Gladius had another update. This is 1.4 Glad Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War, just in case people didn't know. Uh version 1.4.1. And um one of the things in any 4X or any game that you play is you want to have an ability to bind certain keys to certain controls. So for example, if you're playing an RTS and you're, you know, one of these guys or gals that's just like, you know, just god of rts and blah, blah, blah. but if you cannot bind your keys to particular squads or units or production or whatever you know you struggle so gladius is turn-based but you still want to bind you don't want to be going through various menus trying to do stuff so they're giving us that options and then uh, they're continuing to further tweak quite a bit of uh, balance changes that are based on feedback um a little bit of nerfs here and there, a little bit of uh, increase to strengths, then lots of bug fixes. So I'm glad. I'm so happy that I think everybody I know that's played this game that went in with their eyes open, knowing that even though this is a 4X, this is more war game. So and it's it's got good Warhammer lore. I'm very happy with it. I have not had anybody come back and tell me, Nate. Based on your advice, I got the game and it sucks. Your advice is horrible. I'm sure now that I mention it, somebody will pop out and just say that just to just to be cute. But so far, I haven't had anybody tell me that they they've gone wrong. So I mean, I know you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's probably it doesn't have as much life in it as other games because I think once you go through all the factions, it kind of doesn't have the replayability that other ones do. But I do like it a lot. For you, yeah, for me. I mean, for me, it has plenty of replayability. It's just. It does a good job, you know? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I've, I've played through each of them, each of the factions once, and I beat it through with the, the factions, and I I haven't gone back to it, but I enjoyed my time with it, and I probably paid it for, like, you know, 50 hours. It's still pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely got my money's worth, so I I had fun with it. And I look forward to each time they drop a DLC, because, you know, it's an opportunity, an excuse to go back and play it again and see what the new faction's all about. Exactly, exactly. All right, well... Why don't you tell us about Stellaris? We've had an interesting week in Stellaris. It's the Stellaris show now. It's going to take yeah. forever to talk about this one. So they pick, released... Pick a few points. Yeah, so they released a very large, long, lengthy dev diary outlining the mm -hmm. new Federation types. So I'm going to go over them briefly because I feel like if I spent all the time that I needed to to talk about this, we'd probably spend another hour. So I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So what they've done, they've they've broken down the federations into new types, of which there are five. And Galactic Union, your Trade League, your Research Cooperative, your Martial Alliance, and your Hegemony. So mm -hmm. the Galactic Union is going to be your more generic, regular type of federation. So it's going to do everything kind of as best as it can. And 
you know, it, it's it's actually going to be available to everybody in the free patch. It's not going to be a Federation's uh, expansion thing. So from now on, most of the Federations are going to be Galactic Unions. And then you have trade leagues, which are clearly going to be oriented towards generating money. And then your research cooperative is going to be oriented towards, you know, developing research and, and coming together and sharing minds as much as you can. And your Marshall Alliance is clearly going to be your military-focused federation with, you know, a, a bonus and stuff to your ability to create a fleet. And last, you have your hegemony, which is built around one strong core member. So I guess if you have like a very, very powerful faction, so maybe it, it could, I guess it could be like an AI, you know how like you can have asymmetric starts. So maybe it'd be an AI that's just super powerful and you might team up with them so that you become mm-hmm. a hegemony and they, the president of that federation gets bonuses and then they get, you know, the bonuses go to the members mm. and all that stuff. So like an awakened empire or something like that. Yeah. I guess you could do that. I, don't, I mean, I don't think awakened empires can be a part of a federation. So I don't think, you know, at least if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but when the AIs have an asymmetric start and some of them become much more powerful very quickly, or they already start more powerful then I'd imagine they'd probably be like the, the person you'd want to put in charge of that one. So lastly, it goes into Federation perks. So basically, Federations will level up and they gain perks as they go through. So that'll be fun to see. They've given some examples. I'm not going to go through them. There's a lot of cool things that are on display here. So if you want to know more about it and you haven't already, which if you're a big Solaris fan, I doubt you haven't, go ahead and click the link. Check it out. Next up is Astro Exodus, which is a game that's very much a throwback to old school 4X games, Master of Ryan 1, Master of Ryan 2, and a lot of those games that played the same cards. But Astro Exodus does something a little bit different with research, and they go over it in the new Dev Diary. I believe it's Dev Diary 5. And what you have is a choice between three technologies in every, every category. And I think there's like 12 different categories. So you can, you know, as you go through... You might choose, you know, a particular... It's very much like Master of Ryan 2 was, and that you can only select one of the three that you're given a choice of. And there are multiple different technology categories. So they're displayed a little bit differently. It's not just a word. There's like a nice little infographic and a nice little icon for each of them. But yeah, it's it's very much Master of Ryan 2, but just a little bit more modern and cool looking. So... Did you call this one Dev Diary 5? It's actually Dev Diary 6. Yep, see, look at me. I shouldn't rely on my memory. It's going away. It's fading. It's, it's late at night. It's okay. I, I will, I will, we will forgive you this time. Thank you. So yeah, Dev Diary 6 then. So it's, it's a game that we're going to keep an eye on for sure. And I'm hoping to do another video as they get closer to release. And that'll probably be a much more in-depth video or maybe even a series because I feel like the first one was just a very, very brief, here's what Asterixis looks like, but I want to actually play it and show people. So, Speaking of games that I've played and showed people, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars, which was a game that was exclusive to the Calypso store, has now made its way to Steam, and it received an update as well. It's a game that I will continue my little Let's Play through, because I've had a lot of fun with it. And I just want to say that it's on Steam now. You can buy into like the early access period where they're going to shape up and you know work on it until... It releases in what I guess is now spring of 2020. It was originally slated for late uh, late 2019, but now they're aiming for spring of 2020. So mm. get, 
doesn't mean you have to wait because if you want to join in, it's actually a lot of fun right now. But if you wanted to wait for the full product, you'll have to wait another five or six months. So, yeah, I, it's like this. I look at the game. If what I see is something I like, I'm okay with going in and early access. But with each passing month, I'm less okay with going early access because I'm seeing far too many games stay in early access too long. Agreed. You know? Yeah, this game could have been released already. I haven't seen what's behind the closed curtains because mm. there are other factions that you haven't, you're not able to play yet. And I know that, you know, they probably got them implemented behind closed doors. From what I understand, based on the press release, is that they're going to have a cross-platform release all at once. So they're probably trying to get them all ready at the same time. So it's going to come out for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and the Switch, which is surprising. Why? Uh, cause the switch doesn't seem like it'd be capable of playing it. It's, it's actually a pretty yeah. enough game that I don't think it would look all that great on it. So I think it do. They have Civ six on the switch. If yeah. you can do, and I've, and I've played it and it's no worse than it is on the iPad. So yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well then I stand corrected. So there you go. It's going to be all across every platform and it'll look great on all of them. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nate. All right. Mm -hmm. What is Terra Invicta? Terra Invicta is the game made by Pavanus Interactive. Those are the modders that initially created the Long War mod for XCOM Enemy, Unknown Enemy Within. And then they did Long War 2 for XCOM 2. And they did a bunch of stuff like content for for access for xcom 2 so this is their take on the xcom game as they would have wanted it to be so it is a little bit closer to the original xcom that was made by julian gollop and actually right now it it's probably has a lot more similarities to xenonauts but the big difference is is that this game doesn't just take place on the surface of the earth. This game takes place in our solar system as they're looking to find where this alien invasion is coming from. I have a question for you real quick. Yes. Is there, yes. Is there tactical battles in this game? I can't, it doesn't seem like there are, are there? Oh, there will be tactical battles. Okay. I'm, All right. I'm pretty certain. They're getting ready to do their Kickstarter. They had a teaser video, which we're going to provide a link to check out. It's really cool. I mean, it's still like alpha footage and whatnot, but it's pretty solid for alpha footage. You know, you can see a lot of potential there. And um, I'm pretty excited by it. I know a couple of people on the team. I've talked to them on Steam. And uh, we did when we did the modder series, I spoke to a couple of them. And I'm just... It's, it's a really solid group of folks, and I'm pretty excited for this. Now, of course, the moment I mentioned that, somebody made a little snarky remark, oh, it's going to be an Epic exclusive. I, I so hope it isn't. I so hope it isn't. I'm I so sick they Because they're so, they're, they're so mod-oriented, those guys. Like, and, and right now, Epic doesn't have any mod integration at all whatsoever in their storefront, <laughs> so I don't believe it. They would yeah, be. but still... Epic has been poaching and poaching and I'm, it's not even, I'm not even making a comment about that. You know what? That's their business model, whatever they do, what they do as customers, we do what we do. And that's, the, that's as simple as that. It's just, my fear is this is going to be another Kickstarter campaign. That's going to be community funded. 
you know, they're going to get the money together. They're going to do up their thing. And then Epic's going to be like, oh, that looks great. Here's a big chunk of change. What do you say? And you take it to Steam later. And if if they do that the way um, Phoenix Point had been done, that's going to be another game that I'm not, I'm just, I'm done with. I'm pretty much because of Phoenix Point, the game that we have not been mentioning, I've not really backed anybody on Kickstarter. I wasn't active to start with, but the few games that were very like promising, I jumped in and a whole bunch of them got sniped by uh, Epic Games. So Yes, and speaking, I'm, I might as well mention it. Speaking of Phoenix Point, so Phoenix Point was supposed to be out this year, and I know because I kickstarted it, I funded it a pretty good amount. I know they postponed it to December. 20, no, they actually moved it to sometime next year, but now oh, wow. they're back in December and they have a re, like a release date, December something, December 10th or 2nd, or there's a two in it. Okay. So it's either the 22nd, the 12th, or the 2nd, unless I'm completely wrong and it's the 4th. Or, or the 32nd. Or the 49th. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I, for some reason, I thought they'd already... They, they, I know that they went from like an August release date to or September release date to, to December. And I didn't they realize... They weren't sure. They had mentioned... I, at least I saw it mentioned that it might be released like quarter one or quarter two in 2020, possibly, or maybe it was just speculation. But now it's, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. And the build that's going to be available to the Kickstarter backers is going to be um, the release build. So it's not going to be another, like, you know, beta or uh, Kickstarter build five or whatever, it's, or six. Five is what we have now. It's uh, going to be uh, just the actual release version. So, and they showed some of the things, but then they showed something that I, I'm just tired of looking at, which is here's the game, and here's the 87 versions of the game, and here's all these extras that you can buy, and it's just like, okay, you know what? 75% off sale on Steam. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that Epic Money good enough? Good Lord, jeez. Yeah. yeah. You saw Did you see that list? Yeah. No, I, no. I saw that. I was just like, I'm not paying $150 for a game that you just got millions of dollars for from epic jesus yeah right. yeah well so let's talk about the topic for this week sure it's copyrights now there's an article okay so i think um i need to mention something else i, I need to do a quick little um little foundation work so a lot of times the things that we talk about be it on these topics or you know and just back and forth or on the website i'll i'll quote stuff like gizmodo or i'll quote kotaku because i like i i don't necessarily agree with the authors i certainly don't agree with their political leanings be it on one you know extreme or the other but a lot of times they bring up interesting topics and today it's hard to find things that i find relevant in a spot it's kind of all over the place. So they have they had a topic that goes how those memes you just posted could soon cost you thirty thousand dollars, and that's basically a copyright. And there's Troy. I think I'm trying to think of when Troy and I talked about. It. I think we talked about it maybe two years ago, a year and a half to maybe two, maybe even two and a half years ago. Where we were speculating what would happen once the copyright laws pass in the European Union, how it's going to impact us and, you know, Google and like how would it impact Explominator, for example, we're using art for feature articles, something like that, you know? So the the conversation essentially 
without getting too and there's a, this this is written really well there's a lot of points being brought up here but essentially the conversation is about artists that have their work being lifted and then being memed or sold as shirts or as product versus artists that just don't care about that they're just putting it out there to get their name out and how these set of potential rules are going to impact that and the unintended consequences of these more stringent copyrights that are not stringent at all if you know how to get around them especially if you have money because if you don't have money you're not going to be able to take whoever stole your art to court because you need you know 20,000 30,000 50,000 and you might never make even a tenth of that back whereas the people that might be stealing it I guess appropriating it are making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds or even more, and they can afford to go to court, you know? So it's, it's back to the, who has money and who doesn't. So I don't know, man, what do you think about that? In short, I don't like it because for, I mean, for many reasons, I feel like a lot of that stuff should be free use. And I believe that, I mean, there's, if, if anything, some of these images and stuff like are, are actually helping people. Like if, if something becomes viral, like some sort of meme or something like that mm-hmm. becomes viral, mm-hmm. it's actually just mm-hmm. free marketing. I, I just, I, for me, I, I understand some of it, right? So if my stuff's being used and I didn't say yes, that, that would bother me. Like if I put out an explominate image that I spent time and maybe even money on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it becomes a meme and then no one, you know, no one knows my stuff for what I did, but only for what the meme became, that would bother me. I get that. But in a lot of ways, I just think that when you start doing that, it just, especially the way that they're talking about it, it just feels like it's, it's almost restricting like free use. And I, I don't know. It's, it's not like anyone's benefiting from this. It's not like anyone's making money. I mean, they're getting likes, they're getting retweets, but mm-hmm. it, it, no one makes money off memes. So I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it if, feels they, like if they put them up on shirts, like you take somebody writes up a meme and then some artists or internet personality you know brings attention to it and people like oh oh this is amazing then somebody goes and you know print screens them on a bunch of shirts and they're selling them i've seen it that i can understand so that would bother me right but i'm music even you know like think of our explorminate music right we paid for it but yeah okay so that that i understand that part i understand like i said if i did something and there was money spent and there was time spent on something like that and it got used in that sort of way that would bother mm-hmm. me. However, if for some reason it ended up generating traffic to the site, like I just wouldn't care anymore. I don't know. It's just, it's a slippery slope for me. I think that if you start doing that stuff, everyone mm. owns everything and we're all paying everybody royalties. And I'm not a really big well, fan of that. Well, that's the concern. That's the concern that's being brought up with that, actually. Yeah. How would all just, of that work? Well, that's, that, that just seems like a really slippery slope to me. So. I don't know. It's not something I do. I'm not a memes person. <laughs> like, I think they're funny, but I don't ever make them. So, and then, you know, a lot of that stuff that's generated like that, it's just, you know, it's fun to look at, but I've never actually made anything like that. I've only ever made mm-hmm. original content or I've used content with, with permission. So, I mean, I guess it could affect us eventually as a website. I don't mm-hmm. know. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. Do you remember this was, I think this was just after we started we had some Russian kid who was just lifting our work. Do you remember that? And he was running it through Google Translate and posting it as like his work and on some Russian website. Yes, I remember that 
very much so, so. Yeah, like that. That pissed me off. Now, had he said, "Well, you know, this is I'm retweeting this or reposting this with permission from Explorinate, a U.S.-based website," we'd be like, "Oh, awesome! Yeah, and give credit where credits due. Make sure you credit the author. You know, send traffic our way, and we'll gladly share. You know, but." Don't take our articles and cut paste them. Do some weird Google Translate, and then, and because the translation was pretty pretty rough. Like some parts were okay, but other parts were like, wait, what? So yeah, so that's you know that's kind of how it would affect us more directly. But imagine if um, like there's a YouTube trailer being posted, right? And we retweet it or repost it and try to you know do a little commentary about it and they don't like what we said can they come at us with a copyright infringement because they they already do that to youtube channels they do that to twitch they do that to you know all social media essentially that's what i'm saying that's a slippery slope right like i just yeah. i would be i it just it makes me anxious just thinking about it so i'd mm. rather I, I just i don't know really uh i'm glad i'm not in, i'm like i'm not in, like a copyright lawyer because i just feel like that's just something that i wouldn't want to get involved in and I don't know where that line needs to be. I mm. personally think the line where it is now feels fine, but I'm not someone who generates original content like that. So in the case with the Russian guy, the one that was mm -hmm. like just lifting our stuff and translating it to Russian and putting it mm -hmm. on his website. I mean, it was kind of fun because eventually he like fizzled out and the site's gone, but it was also kind of fun to go back and forth on Twitter <laughs> for a little while there. But in that case, like it bothered me, but it wasn't something that I was going to like, actually address and it's not something i think i could have addressed or we could have addressed because he's in russia and it's very difficult to like you know uh, defend your own original content you know cross-country inter internationally like that right right so i don't know i just i don't i don't I, I, the way they're trying to based on what i've read the way they're trying to make this happen just feels like it's not the right way to do it. So I'm just, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Cause I do think it's going to have implications for the website mm -hmm. and for hell, just about the whole entire internet. But yeah, if, if they can't figure out a way that, that feels fair or feels like it could be utilized fairly, then I think it's going to be a YouTube thing, you know, where like people can get on YouTube nowadays and be like, Oh, that's my, you know, they don't even have to prove it anymore. They can just be like, that's my stuff. And then they get drawn, they get taken down or that's my music. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. That's done on YouTube all the time. I know, and I don't. I could see that being done for everything else now if they start doing stuff like that. So, no, thank you. What have you been playing this week, buddy? Oh, uh, that was quick. So, um, I played, as I had said earlier, I played Thea, Thea Two, just for the new content. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I am, I'm really enjoying it. I'm pretty certain anybody listening to this knows that when we're doing a year-end. Uh, nominations, uh, Thea 2 is going to be my game of the year because that's the 4X I've played the most by a long shot. So, yeah, it's this is cool. It's it's just there's so many like little tongue in cheek little things in Thea 2, especially like like Mila, the main writer. She does such an awesome job incorporating the whole world and all the lore and like putting a twist and you know. It's, it's good. I've been doing that. I've been playing that. And then remember how earlier in the week I had mentioned XCOM 2? 
Like yes, I definitely mentioned it on our Steam forums and on Twitter. So yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So I got my mods up, and uh, a couple people were like, "Oh, Nate, you need to update your mod list on Steam. We want to know what you're playing." And I looked at my mod count, and I think I'm at like 271. Holy crap! <sighs> majority of them, majority, like by a long shot, are voice packs or cosmetic things where like alternate armor. So probably I would say 220, 230 of them are straight up voice voice packs and like cosmetic things, th- different hairstyles, uh, different combinations for outfits, and like there's a bunch of like very very talented modders out there that have some amazing mods so things like that and then a bunch of them i wish you did let's plays so even okay even if you didn't do like a a narrated let's play i would just want to watch a video of a game that's got that many mods in it like i just want to see what because i just want to know what it is like that well i can give you the let's player that i follow because i go i go with his mod list yeah what i would love to hear Christopher oh, Christopher Rod. Rod. Okay. Yeah, I'll check because out. he has, so check this out. So he's doing these let's plays like per season as a full playthrough, right? He's playing on the hardest difficulty. He has all these mods and I, and I use a lot of them. He uses to make the AI play better. I use them more mission types, things like that. The stuff I don't do, he has a lot more cosmetic things than me. And he has, I suspect he has a very beefy computer because when I go too crazy with cosmetics, my computer starts slowing down, you know, and I don't like that. It's not between turns. It's like loading and like moving on the meta map and things like that on the world map. So anyways, so if you want to see what a game looks like with that many mods, check out his, some of his videos. He's doing a let's play series right now. That's pretty good. And, um, all right, I'm going to check him out and do it tomorrow. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I've been playing XCOM 2. And then, um, so my wife's been wanting to upgrade our home entertainment system. We've had a 46-inch Sony Bravia uh, screen TV for like eight years, nine years. And recently we started watching Game of Thrones because I have some free time again. So, you know, it's like, it's amazing when you have even an hour. So she's like, wow. Look at that itty bitty TV. It's so cute. I want to pinch it. And I'm like, okay, what do you want? She's like, I want a bigger TV. So I did research for about a month looking for the for various things. And you know, now that the various Black Friday sales started, I picked one up and um I you know synced everything up. And on my PS4, I was going through it and I wanted to see, you know, like how movies look and stuff like that. So I remembered that I have a copy of Stellaris. So I fired up Stellaris on my PS4, and my God, this TV is awesome, by the way. I'm not trying to be cool or nothing like that. It's just it's a 4K Ultra HD OLED TV, and Stellaris off of my PS4 Pro on it looks amazing, and it ran, and I played maybe an hour with a controller, and I never thought I would enjoy it, and I was like... This is not bad. This is that's why I remember how I had mentioned earlier talking about a controller. I wouldn't play with a controller, like 4X games, but I did it with Stellaris and I was pretty surprised that it works pretty well. So yeah, I'm gonna be talking to a Paradox about grabbing some of the other DLC because I don't want myself on my laptop. 
because he tends to eat when he's on a computer. So this way, if he's on a <laughs> control, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to kill a laptop like that. So my laptop looks almost brand new, and I've had it almost three years, and it's practically brand new. The moment my son starts playing stuff on it, that thing's going to be gone. It's going to be fried, spill a drink on it or something, you know? So I'd rather, here's a controller, play some Stellaris on the PS4, have fun, kid, you know? So, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Now, of course, that makes me want to check out Civ 6 on my Switch, but I don't know how the Switch is going to look on, like, a very high-resolution monitor because the Switch is only, like, at 720, right? Yeah, well, it can go to 1080 on a TV, but it's seven. it can be 720 on the, on the like, handheld mode. Yeah, I'll have to try it because... I would love to do Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle on that TV. That would be something fun. So that's one of the few games I have on the Switch that I play on a regular basis. But uh, that's it. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, speaking of that too, before you go into mm. me, there's Civ 6 coming out for the consoles here soon. So you might just want to wait for that. Well, I have Civ 6. I picked it up. Oh, this must have been... This was around the time, I think, where they released Gathering Storm. Yeah, I remember you um, saying it on it was twenty dollars on Amazon or something. Yeah, oh, on, yeah. on the iPad. The, okay, okay. No, yeah. no, no, no. When they released Gathering Storm on the iPad, they reduced the price of Civ Six on Amazon for the Switch. So I picked up a copy for like nineteen bucks. Right. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, and the Xbox and PlayStation Four versions are going to be Ultra HD capable. So you should check them out when they come yeah. out. One of them. Oh, anyway, I, I don't have an Xbox. I have a PS4 Pro, so I'm a Sony fanboy. Right. That makes sense. Considering you bought a Sony TV and you had Sony TV before and you have a Sony PlayStation 4, I bet you if Sony... Dude, I have a release date Sony uh, Fat PS3. It still there works. Awesome. Awesome. And it's it's going to be in my basement, heating up my basement this winter. So Because <laughs> nice. that sucker runs hot. Oh, my yeah, God. Does I it bet run. it does. Well, I've been playing some more AI War 2, which I've mm-hmm. been having a lot of fun with. And I'm just gearing up to write a review for that. I just want to make sure that I know as much about it as I possibly can mm-hmm. so that I can write a thorough and informative review. But I'm having mm-hmm. a lot of fun with it, so that's also a good thing and probably a somewhat teaser of my... Well, not really a teaser, like a complete spoiler for my review score. But I'm having a, just a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's a great game. So... I've also been playing The Outer Worlds still because it's also a very great game, even though it's not 4X. And, you know, it's funny because I've read a review by somebody I follow on the the interwebs on Twitter who Mm -hmm. I respect a lot, and he hates it with the fire-burning fashion. And I was just really... Yeah, he came out and he had some legitimate complaints, which I thought were a little too nitpicky for me. But something I could say, yeah, okay, yeah, those are like some of the inventory stuff and some of the stories, you know, how they, the quest develop. Right, 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 yeah. They don't really develop in a way that feels terribly natural sometimes, but it's, you know, it's a great game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, with that being said, I've also been diving into Godhood now that it's reaching the end of its life cycle. I believe that they're trying to get the next milestone patch out before the end of the year. So... I'm really excited to see that, and it's turning into shipping into a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most of my time is spent playing AOR. Yeah, AOR you need too. to do you need to do some more let's plays because I need to know how Warband <laughs> our, is doing our, because there's our dynamic you, there. <laughs> yeah, there's you, there's me, and then there's that other chick. Yeah, who cares about her? It was just you and me. No, I'm curious. She was she played an important role. She did a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, I will. I have a, quite a few let's plays lined up, so I've 
I've got, by the time you hear this, there'll be another Pax Nova one. There'll be another Wildermyth one, another Immortal Realms Vampire Wars one. And I'll make, I'll, you know what? I'll do the, another Godhood one just for you. All right, cool. So, yeah. Anyways, speaking of which, we're so freaking close to 4,000 on YouTube. So hopefully by the time you hear this, it's there because we're just like three or four away from that. And we're doing really well. Numbers are looking great. So. Yep, and we, we surpassed 7,000 followers on the Curator page. Yep, that was good to see. And I think almost Oliver 3, 000, is... Yeah, almost 3,000 uh, forum members. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good numbers, a lot of good things happening. So, And tomorrow, by the time you hear this, check out the site because we're going to have an Age of Wonders Deluxe Edition version to be giving away. And all you have to do in order to be eligible for it is either be a, a patron, which... Mm-hmm is one way, or you can just subscribe to us on our front homepage. Mm -hmm. So everyone who subscribed to us will, everyone who subscribes to us for this week will end up being entered. And then anyone who's already subscribed to us and just shoots me an email at explominate at gmail.com will be entered. And then at the end of the week, we will draw a lucky winner and give them the deluxe edition of age of wonders, planet fall right in time for revelations here in a couple weeks. So very nice, very nice. And uh, just as a quick aside, if anybody's noticed that I have not been as active on the forums or on Discord or Twitter, I've had a little bit of free time and I'm going to become a little bit more active with that. So don't worry. I'm still here. I'm still active. I'm just more lurking than anything else. Awesome. With that being said, thank you to everyone who listens, everyone who's on our forums, everyone who's on our Discord, everyone who's a patron, everyone whoever comes to the site ever. All of you guys are awesome. I really appreciate everything you do. Your support means everything. It really does push me to do more and more. And I know it, you know, it, it helps push Nate and I to do this every week. And mm-hmm. I know Nate and Troy before that. So thank you for every all your support in every way. And yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say? Nope, just a big thank you, and uh, there's going to be a surprise for next week's show, but I'm not going to tell you. I mean, you know what it is. They won't know. (laughs) So, (laughs) the last thing I want to laugh, dude. (laughs) The last thing I do want to say is that we hit really good numbers with our podcast the last couple weeks. I know we've done a few interviews, so that was, you know, there's been a few extra podcasts these past couple weeks, but Mm -hmm. we're, I think, like 10,000 downloads in the two week period, which is fantastic. So, Really good Excellent. to see. Yeah, really awesome. Very, it definitely makes me really eager and motivated to keep doing this. So thanks to everybody who listened to us. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. And if you don't, please let us know what you don't like about mm-hmm. any of it. But until next time, guys, this was Rob and Nate for Explominate. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.